beautiful souls, here's a preview of today's discussion. Because the lower brain works with fear, fear and and scarcity and and judgment, self-judgment. That brain has a different fuel, that higher brain. That's the brain that can allow you to create psychosomatic health, that can allow you to really reprogram yourself, create the neural networks to create health. Otherwise, the lower brain is going to continue creating through fear. It's going to continue creating disease. Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now. And listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. It's Julie. We're about to dive into the podcast episode here, but I just wanted to let you know that I do know that today is an interview and not an angel story. Um, The angels have been talking to me a lot about bridging the physical body with the spiritual. And uh, our guest today talks so beautifully and so eloquently about that and about how the two can really become one and you can really radiate at such a higher frequency. And I just love that message. So the angel said it to, to put it here, and that is what I am doing. So I hope you enjoy this show. Have fun, friends, and we'll be back next week with another angel story. Love you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. Friends, today we have on uh, 22 books. He's got New York Times bestselling author, round the world, uh, Alberto Valdo, uh, PhD. And he's just a fascinating person to talk to. Thank you so much for being here, Alberto. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Julie. Great to be with you. Great to be with your audience. And I I love the work you do in the world, and I'm happy to join you today. Thank you. So you have a very diverse background where you were trained as a psychologist, a medical anthropologist. You've studied uh, healing practices of the Amazon, of shamans around the world, and you really have this, I would say, kind of eclectic background, right, of all these different experiences, how did you feel spirit maybe like leading you on your path? And how did you accumulate all of these different intricacies and and tie them all together as a healer? Well, I'll have to tell you the truth. You know, I was kind of led to it by my angels. Yeah. And uh, so the in the West, we have been sold a false misconception about the nature of reality. So when I went to college, I studied biology as well. I did some studies in biology. And and I learned that biology were living things, but the living things were only in the visible world. 
Well, they're living things in the invisible world as well. We call them angels. We call them guides. We call them, you know, it's very populated. There's as much diversity in the spiritual world as there is in the physical world. And then when I went into psychology, I saw that that it really helped us understand why we were really uh, messed up and anxious, but it didn't give us a solution generally. Very hard to find healing there. So that's where I went to work with the ancient sages in the Americas that uh, were in the Amazon and in the high Andes. Amazing. So you have the, your new book, Grow a New Body. Um, talk to us about this book and really how you bridge the spiritual world and the physical body. Yep. You know, this is part of that misconception. We feel that we need a bridge, but it's happening all the time. We're it's luminous one. beings. We're light, tightly bound into matter. And if you understand that, then you can work with the energetics, with the spiritual dimension, as well as the bio, what we call the biological. If we wanted to study the brain, if we wanted to study the mind, we had to also engage the invisible world. And then I shut my laboratory down and got a research grant to work in the Amazon with the ancient sages, the shamans who were the builders of Machu Picchu and the and they understood that we that there's an energetic, that we have an energy field that organizes the physical body. And if you can detox that energy field from all the limiting beliefs and notions and self-judgment and all, as well as the stories that we inherit in our families, if we can get rid of those, we create health. Yeah, 100%. I've been reading Anita Morjani's book, uh, What If This Is Heaven? And in it, she talks about how, uh, and there's a lot of others who, others who have talked about this in the past, how if you think to yourself, well, mom passed of cancer, dad passed of cancer, what if I pass of cancer too? And it becomes this ruminating thought within you that you can really be creating this within yourself. Um, do you find that to be true in your work as you've worked with people? Yeah, whatever we believe becomes so. But it's not just what we believe consciously, but unconsciously. But it doesn't matter how much you believe in health if you don't have the right food, the right support for your brain, because today our brains are broken. And if our brains are broken, our minds are broken because we have been eating junk food, you know, our water's contaminated, our, the air we breathe is polluted, and our food is full of toxins and pesticides. So you cannot change your mind, really, unless you can also change your brain. So that's why in my book, in the Grow a New Body book, you know, we grow a new body every seven years. And you, we already do that. Your skin cells you get new skin cells every six days, the lining of your your lungs every three days, your bones every seven years. Every seven years, you create a new version of who you are by what you think, by how you feel, how you forgive, how you love, and how you nurture your biology. And this is the piece that's missing in our spiritual practices, we think it's only mental. We can think ourselves healthy. You can. You can think yourself sick, 
but you can't think yourself healthy unless you support it with the right food, with the right, and this is what I discovered in the Amazon, that there were certain plants that switch on the genes that create health and silence the genes that create breast cancer, that create heart disease, and that create Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. You don't have to become a statistic. And these plants were the sacred plants that we can make part of our diet that can then repair the brain so you can upgrade the brain and then create health through your mind. Creates what we call psychosomatic health. And it doesn't matter. I have so many friends that are very spiritual beings. The minute that they get a diagnosis, then fear comes in. Mm. And then they get plugged into the system. In effect, we have been educated to become victims. Mm. And we are living miracles in effect. You know, when I have a new patient coming into my office and they bring a whole bunch of files, they think that they are a diagnosis. And but what I do as a practice, I have to see a luminous being, a golden Buddha yeah. walking into my office. And then I want to hear about what their diagnoses are. And if I can convince them that they're a living miracle, then miracles can take place. If they yeah. think they're a diagnosis, then they become a statistic. I get that. I get that on a very profound level, because what you're saying is that when you see them as this golden light, this Buddha, you're seeing them as their God self. They're uh, the part of them that's connected to all that is. And, and, and that can never be sick. That part of yes. them can never get sick. Yes, that soul self part. And so it's almost like you tuning into that vision of them first and foremost at their highest frequency allows you then to work with the energies surrounding them and what might be happening within the physical body to lift them back up to the same point. You got it. Can I quote you? This is exactly what, <laughs> what we do. And, and you have to get off of the sugar. You have to get off of the, you know, you have to dial down the red meat. Yeah. Um, you have to change your diet because we're the product of our lifestyle and of our beliefs. Mm -hmm. And if you change the beliefs without changing the lifestyles, then you're, you're really not doing the deep work. You got to change the diet. And I'll give you some of the keys here. The sugar is killing us, absolutely killing us. This is the white menace. Then you have the, the eggs, the eggs and the dairy. You can eat them occasionally, but if you are a, if you're a mother cow, you want to have your, your baby cow grow up really quick and strong. So milk is full of growth hormones mm -hmm. and also eggs. And you don't want to be growing anything new after the age of 20. You don't want you don't need any new arms or legs. You're going to be growing cancers. So you've got to eat clean. You've got to shift because we are embodied. Yeah. We are luminous beings in a biological body. And we need to attend to the biological as well. And the, my book, Grow New Body, is the interface between them. How do we take, get our health span to equal our lifespan? Mm -hmm. So this is absolutely the key. We have to address the biological and the spiritual. If you address the biological only going through surgery or chemotherapy or whatever medical treatments without this looking at the energetics, healing is going to be very difficult. Yes.
So what are the steps in your opinion? We've talked about white sugar, uh, getting off of that, eating clean, but what are the steps actually to generate this new physical body within the next seven years? Like what could people be doing and what are those steps? So this is, let me give you a little bit of of archaeology. So we're living in the middle of an extinction event. And you you know, we're, this is common knowledge now that there have been six, six, five extinction events since the dawn of life in this planet, in which 99% of the species became extinct. We're living in number six, and this one is man-made. The previous one was when a gigantic meteorite hit the earth. And all the dinosaurs and most of the species died off. We're living in an extinction event. During ordinary times, evolution follows the laws of Newtonian physics. Slow incremental in between generations, gradual change. When during an extinction event, Mother Nature takes her foot off of the brake and steps on the accelerator. And evolution follows the laws of quantum physics quantum mechanics, incredible quantum leaps so that it's not happening in between generations, but within generations, you and I can uncoil our DNA another strand and again become a new human. And this is what the ancient prophecies of every culture on the planet has spoken about. During this time, humanity would become extinct. And humanity has become extinct but the prophecies say that a new human would be born. And they are you and I and all of our listeners. We are the new human that can evolve within our generation, take a quantum leap and grow a new body that ages differently, that heals differently, that becomes ageless and, and perhaps even will not die. So we are at an evolutionary threshold, ready for that quantum leap. So this is what my work is really about. It's not about healing disease, but about taking that quantum leap to become that new human that the shamans in the Andes call homo luminous, luminous humans, not homo sapiens, which are thinking humans. Yeah. So this is a tremendous opportunity. We're not just going to create health. We're going we're gonna to create a whole new human in the earth. Did you know I give away a new free reading each month to a listener who leaves a five-star rating of this show on Apple Podcasts or Amazon? After you leave five stars, go over to the Contact Me page on my website, theangelmedium.com. Fill out the Contact Me form, letting us know that you gave five stars. That way, we can contact you when you win. The more five stars you leave, the more chances you have to win. And your name always stays in until you do. Don't forget to stay subscribed to our emails so that you know when you've won your free session with me. Sending you so much love and gratitude for your support on this. Thank you. Now let's dive back into the show. Well, it goes back to what you were talking about the, at the beginning. Um, you don't combine spirituality with the physical body. The physical body is spirituality. It is um, 
And a lot of that comes into when I hear Eckhart Tolle talk about the new earth and, you know, what we're trying to do here and raising our consciousness. So what are some specific ways that you become that radiant physical being? Yeah, well, the uh, we all know the meditation practices are so important. And eventually the meditation practices, like for me, I don't have a spiritual experience anymore. And I never will again, because I've understood that I'm a spiritual being having a biological experience and not a biological being having a spiritual experience. So this is the this is what happens when you do the the ancient practices, the meditation, the forgiveness, the the practices of the luminous warrior that the shamans speak about that has no enemies anymore in this world or or the next. But I'll, I'll give you an interesting clue here. There are about 40 million species in the planet, 40 million different forms of grasshoppers, butterflies, whales, eagles, 40 million species. And out of those 40 million, there are only three species that do not have a death program in their DNA. What does that mean, death program? With the fact that humans... Dolphins and whales don't have a death program, but in every other species, the minute that you're not able to make babies and reproduce and continue growing the species, you're eliminated. There is no menopause in nature. Hmm. There are no grandmothers in nature, only orcas, whales, dolphins, and humans. We don't have a death, a death trigger in our DNA. Because the experiment that Mother Nature is doing with biology is to keep the species going. Because there's no real and good payoff to have a bunch of old um, of old giraffes running around, you know. So that they're eliminated. As soon as they're not able to make babies and perpetuate the species, that's it. Nature eliminates them. There are no grandmothers. We have grandmothers. Grandmother orcas teach the young how to hunt, how to communicate. We're taking part in a biological experiment guided by Mother Nature, these three species, and they're an experiment in longevity and eventually maybe an immortality. And this is what that, that quantum leap is about. It's about really awakening the higher brain that is going to allow us to create psychosomatic health is knowing that we can, that we're luminous beings and that we don't have to get sick. And if we get sick, we can heal quickly if we can manage the, the biological as well as the energetic. So, so this is the scale of the experiment is huge. So you said humans, orcas, and what was the third one? The humans, whales, and dolphins don't have a death program in their DNA. Interesting. So like, what about lions or um, other mammals? They, they're eliminated. There are no grandmothers in nature. Maybe they are for a short little bit, but they don't, they don't exist. Interesting. That's <laughs> Isn't really that amazing? Yeah, yeah, I had no idea about that. So let me give you another interesting fact, because it's all pointing to this experiment that we're taking part in that Mother Nature's inviting us to. And it's an experiment in long life, long health, not long life, short health, which is what's happening today. You know, the ideal formula is live long, die quick. 
instead of live long, die slowly <laughs> over the last 20 years. <laughs> so this is the experiment we're taking part in. And these three species, humans, dolphins, and whales are the ones that have the biggest brain to body weight ratio. Huh. So we're the smartest species in the planet. And if we can, the way that we can take part in this experiment is by awakening our higher consciousness, awakening the capabilities of the higher brain. But we got to support that with the biology also. So my book, Grow a New Body, is how do we bridge these two to become that new human? Yeah. When it comes to this, you use that word psychosomatic health. What does that mean exactly? Well, we know what psychosomatic disease is, right? And we know that we all became experts in psychosomatic disease at the age of six. So that I remember if I didn't want to go to school that day, I could develop the symptoms of, of Ebola until the school bus went by and then I'd be ready to go out and play again. So we are, all of our medical and pharmaceutical uh, industries are making money by keeping us sick. And we know that the mind can make us sick. If we think we're going to get cancer because it runs in our family, we're going to get it. If we think we're going to get a tumor, if we think we're going to die of heart disease, if we believe that, it will happen. But to act, that's psychosomatic disease. But to awaken the capability for psychosomatic health, you have to awaken the higher brain. Mm -hmm. Because the lower brain works with fear, fear and, and scarcity and, and judgment, self-judgment. That's the lower brain, the Neanderthal brain. Mm -hmm. And this is what I found out spending years in a brain laboratory, that that ancient Neanderthal brain will make you sick, will kill you, will create psychosomatic disease. Can you see it within the brain? Like when you're looking at the brains and you were dissecting them, can you see this physically? Physically, you can see it. There are four different brains that we have. The first one is a reptilian brain that evolved millions of years ago. That's in charge of housekeeping, blood pressure, body temperature, breathing. Breathing is an autonomic function force guided by that reptilian brain, all of the housekeeping. On top of that, you have the mammalian brain that we share with all the mammals. And that mammalian brain is the one that guided us for millions of years of evolution, but that today is triggering us to live in fear and scarcity and self-judgment. So we have to quiet that brain. That's what meditation is about. It quiets that brain so we can step into the higher brain, which is called the neocortex or the new brain, which is the brain of quantum physics, of Einstein, of music, of beauty, of communion with all life, of understanding oneness, that we're all interconnected, but we have to awaken that higher brain. The lower brain, it fuels itself on sugars. So when we cut out the sugar habit, we're able to begin to activate the higher brain that runs on good fats like olive oil and avocado, coconut oil. That brain has a different fuel, that higher brain. And that's the brain that can allow you to create psychosomatic health. 
that can allow you to really reprogram yourself, create the neural networks to create health. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the lower brain is going to continue creating through fear. It's going to continue creating disease. So let me ask you this. When you tune into energy, I feel like you feel energies very deeply like I do. When you tune into what it feels like to live from that higher brain, what does that feel like to you? Well, from that higher brain, I understand that when I look at you, what I'm seeing is God disguises you. Or God disguises me, spirit disguises it so that we are truly one, that there's no separation in the ultimate reality. But in this other reality, we're able to have a wonderful dialogue and conversation. In that lower brain is going to be looking and say, what am I going to get out of this deal with you? I mean, what's in it for me? What's what's what am I going to get out of this? What's and the higher brain said, no, let's have a wonderful dialogue and let's bring the gifts that we have to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. It's not predatory. The lower brain is predatory. Mm-hmm. It's always looking out for number one, which is me. Mm-hmm. The higher brain is looking out for we. Yeah. And how do we establish communion with each other? And how do we create peace? And how do we become stewards of the earth instead of earth predators. Yeah. Uh, so, so those are the three brains. So we get those three, the reptilian, the mammalian, the, that we share with the mammals, the Neanderthal brain, and then the neocortex, the new brain. And then there's a fourth brain, which is at the very front of the forehead. And this new brain is, we're just beginning to tap into it. Some neuroscientists are calling this the God brain Mm. because it allows us to experience our divinity. And this is brain number four, the prefrontal cortex. So this is that brain that Neanderthals didn't have that brain. Remember, their forehead sloped backwards. But ours, we're forward sloping because we have a new brain up here. This is where the third eye is. This is where... We can not only experience our divinity, but in witnessing the divinity in everyone else, we change the nature of the reality. We create a divine reality. We do what the sages in the Andes, the ancient sages in the Americas call dreaming the world into being. Yeah. Amazing. So... Is that why when you are really connected to oneness and that God vibration, you really feel a lot within like activation happening? I feel it physically within my forehead and within my crown. Totally. That's it. You're you're establishing neural networks. These are like information processing highways where you can see through appearances, where you understand people even before they open their mouth <laughs> and uh, you have where you have tremendous psychic powers in effect you awaken extraordinary capabilities but you cannot do that if you're fueling your body with sugar because it's going to that ancient brain and it'll sabotage everything that you experience 
interesting. It's interesting because that hasn't been my physical experience. Um, so I had my dad come through to me before I knew that he was gone. And he just kept talking to me using the same phrase all month long. And when I finally heard that he had passed, I started seeing out of my third eye the message that it was that he was trying to communicate. And I am heavily addicted to sugar and all of that bad stuff right now and definitely want to change it. Um, Obviously, it's just so hard as a mama to like make all of the changes and get the good food and and to do all of the things and to find the time. I I can tell you how you can change that. Yeah, tell me. Because when we change that sugar habit, then see, you were born with great gifts. Yeah, And then you can enhance those gifts by changing your diet to be able to fuel that higher brain. So you begin to do that by bringing in the good fats, like putting olive oil on the table and dousing your salad with it or dousing everything with olive oil. The problem is that most of us, if not all of us, have had antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And antibiotics destroy your gut population. All of the good bacteria in your gut are decimated. They're biotics, antibiotics, but the yeast are not affected by antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And there's a really nasty yeast called candida. Mm -hmm. Then candida begins to take over your GI tract and and your gut is taken over by this yeast and the yeast feed on sugar. So you're not the one that wants the sugar. It's this can the candida overgrowth yeah. in our gut that wants sugar. And if you don't give it to them, they begin to produce chemicals that affect your brain. Yeah. So it's very difficult to break that. In my book, there's a formula for how you can break that sugar habit. But it basically means growing your own probiotics in your kitchen, turning your kitchen into your longevity laboratory, growing your own probiotics that you can that eliminate the candida, that drive the candida out. Mm-hmm. Because the purpose, everybody has a little, supposed to have a little bit of candida because the purpose of candida is to ferment you after you die. Mm-hmm. It's nature's garbage disposal system. But today with antibiotics, we have this tremendous overgrowth that's making us, keeping us addicted to sugar. The minute you shift that, and you, but you cannot do it by cutting out the sugars. Very hard because then you're going to suffer. You have to do it by driving the candida out with another probiotic that you make at home. That's so simple to make. And it's in my website at the4wins.com under resources. You get really ripe fruit, or I like to use blueberries, and and then you open a, this probiotic called Saccharomyces boulardii, and you put it in, leave it in your kitchen for two days to ferment. And this other is another yeast, but it doesn't colonize; it drives the candida out, and then it goes out by itself, and then your sugar cravings disappear. Interesting. So you just take this. Um new yeast you sprinkle it on the fruits yeah it's this it's kind of a little bit like what you used to make bread you know you put yeast to make bread yeah well this is a yeast called boulardi saccharomyces boulardi you open the capsule you put it on the fruit that you've blended and it will begin to ferment because it'll begin to eat the sugars Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and it actually create medicine. So while it's fermenting, it's reproducing. If huh. you take a little capsule, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But if it's having a birthday party with all of these good berries, it's going to continue reproducing and you'll end up with billions and billions of this good, good yeast that they actually sell so safe that they use it for babies to control diarrhea. And you can buy it in the pharmacy or you can order it online or find it in the health food store. Saccharomyces boulardii. And after two days, it will have fermented all the sugars. And then you take a spoonful in the morning and it drives out. It competes with the candida, drives it out. After two weeks, your sugar cravings begin to change. See so what happens when you go to, to a spa, to a, to a place to lose weight. You lose water weight. Mm -hmm. And then you put it right back on. You're not losing fat weight. Yeah. And so, but you got to drive the candida out. So when you put it on the fruit, how many days do you wait? Like three days, four days? Two or three days. And then you put it in the fridge and it's good for a couple of weeks. But go to go to my website or go to yeah. YouTube. Okay. And my wife and I are, are demonstrating a three-minute video how to prepare Boulardi, Saccharomyces Boulardi. I'm going to try it. So I have a dentist friend who's very, very holistic. He used to be our neighbor. Um, he is my dentist. And when I went to go see him one day, I was telling him about a vocal problem that uh, I was having where I have very deep chest pain and my vocal like in here, it hurts very, very deeply. So bad, I mistook it for a heart attack and went in very first when it was happening. And he said, okay, this is what you got to do. You got to cut everything out of your diet, except for meats and limit red meats, just eat veggies and limit your fruits to just melons, um, a little bit of cantaloupe, a little bit of honeydew, a little bit of watermelon. And then all of like your good oils, totally fine herbs. Um, what was so the other thing? That's called the ketogenic diet. Is that what that is? That's called the ketogenic diet. And that will help with many, many things to go into ketosis. When you're going into ketosis through that diet, you're basically beginning to activate the higher brain and to feed it fat from your own body. Let's talk about this. Um, liver has been coming up a lot lately, and we've never talked about this before on the podcast. What do people need to know about the functioning of their liver, how the liver works, and how we can have more, like bring in more health for that liver? Okay. So first, you really don't, you really want to keep your liver. That's point number one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> keep your liver and support it. Now, the liver is a great example of this, of how we grow a new body every seven years. You can slice off 90% of your liver, of a person's liver, and it will grow back again within six months. It's extraordinary. But the liver is has 400 different functions. One of them is to eliminate toxins. And that's why it's such a big organ, because for millions of years, we were, you know, doing trial and error with berries that looked pretty, but that were poisonous. Mm -hmm. So the liver detoxifies, eliminates toxins. But the liver 
need certain supplements to date that we're not getting in our food because even if we buy the most beautiful vegetables at the organic grocery store, they're coming from depleted soils. Mm-hmm. So they're lacking magnesium, zinc, B12. And without those, the liver cannot function. So that's why in Grow a New Body, I list the supplements that you need to give the liver, especially magnesium. We're all magnesium depleted in America. Yeah. And without magnesium, the liver is not able to eliminate toxins. So we retoxify. And the minute you begin to lose weight, you can retox. It's called a Herxheimer reaction. And those toxins will go to your brain and you get brain fog. Yeah. So this is the absolute key. You hit it right on the mark. It's supporting the liver. And then the liver will, for the Chinese, for example, the liver is the most important organ in the body. The brain is secondary. Really? Why is that so? Because without the liver functioning, your brain won't work right. Wow. That is fascinating. Supported with magnesium, with zinc. We can't, there's no magnesium in our soils anymore. And and with a couple of other supplements that will allow your liver to detoxify. So when you get those supplements, like a magnesium supplement, where is it actually coming from? Do they create this supplement or do they derive it from somewhere? I'll tell you a story. I was having dinner at a friend's house. And one of the things in Growing the Body, you learned that you can make sprouts how you have to make your own sprouts from broccoli, broccoli sprouts, because that will switch on 1,700 genes that create health and silence more than 3,000 genes that create cancer and Alzheimer's. So we were looking at the sprouts in the kitchen, and I asked uh, this little boy, I said, do you know what how, you, how these seeds turn into sprouts? What are they made of? And um, he said, they're made of water. I give it water every day. And I said, that they don't look like water to me. They look like green sprouts that were about this big. They don't look like water. He said, yeah, well, that's all I give them is water. I don't give them any food. And basically what plants do is that they transform the mineral kingdom and make it available to us, make it biologically available. So that... Those sprouts were taking the minerals in the water, the magnesium, the zinc, the cobalt, the manganese, a bunch of different minerals and making them bioavailable. Because if you take a piece of magnesium in a rock and you chew it, it's not going to go to your liver. It's not going to help you. It's got to be bioavailable. And this is what plants do. But if the soils are depleted and the soils in America are exhausted, If they're depleted, then you're getting plants that don't have magnesium in it, that don't have zinc in it. And that's why we need to take supplements. Mm -hmm. If you live in Europe and you buy your food at the local market that's fresh every day, those soils are not depleted. The Europeans have different farming practices. We've depleted the soils in America. So the foods we're getting are lacking these nutrients that the liver needs to eliminate toxins. And that's why you need to supplement it. So when it comes to the liver, you're hearing a lot too these days about like fatty liver and can the liver become fatty through the sugars themselves? And is that causing a lot of damage right now? 
Precisely. So, so I have a, a patient of mine that asked me recently, you know, how come I got diagnosed with fatty liver disease and I don't drink, right. I, I, I don't touch alcohol. And I said, well, that's because you have a brewery inside your gut because they were eating sugar, some breads and pasta. This man was a big, big eater of sugar. And, um, and the sugars were being fermented by the candida because they feed on sugars and the product of fermentation is alcohol. Mm -hmm. This is how you make wine. You ferment grapes, how you make uh, vodka, you ferment potato, you ferment it. This is because many of us have a brewery inside of our guts that's damaging our liver and creating fatty liver disease. And there are many reasons, many causes of it. But that's one of the important ones, even for people that don't drink. Mm -hmm. And you have this, of course, becoming rampant in America today. Diabetes, again, sugar, fatty liver disease, again, the things that turn into sugar. Yeah. One of my fears when it comes to being on a health journey is when I have tried to eat very, very clean in the past, there is a point at which that hunger does go away for a time, but it always seems to come back with a vengeance. Like you're just famished and then you eat so much and it's like your weight goes up higher than it was even before. How can we get rid of her? Is there a way to hack the body in some way where you don't yeah. have that like, what's that word like insatiable hunger where you're just a bottomless pit yeah it's because you know you need to look at sugar as a recreational drug yeah because it's so addictive if you take there's a, a laboratory research study that was done by scientists that got laboratory rats addicted to cocaine for two weeks, they fed it cocaine in this, their water and it became totally addicted. And then after two weeks, they gave it the option of sugar water or cocaine water. And all of the rats went for the sugar. Sugar yeah. is even more addictive than cocaine. It is a drug. And today it's in everything. It's not the, it's not the sugar you put in your coffee that's going to kill you. It's the sugar that's in everything that's in the ketchup. Any, any product that you get that's canned has sugar in it because the food companies know how addictive it is and they're basically hooking you onto their product. So the you were asking me earlier in the program, where did these thoughts come from? Well, the food industry and the, and the pharmaceutical industry you know, the ideal patient for a pharmaceutical company is one that takes their drugs, their, their pill every day for the rest of their lives. That's a great business model. Yeah. Not just don't take this for three days and then you're okay. No, take it for. So we have become basically trained to, um, to be victims and to be patients and to be addicted to these foods. So part of our awakening of consciousness is to know that we can design our own lifestyles for health, and but we need to support it. And this is what my Grow a New Body book is about, that bridge between spirituality and biology so that you can create health. Mm -hmm. So that sugar piece, 
looking at it as an addiction and that you're always going to crave it when you've been off of it for six months and that wave comes back to you of wanting the sugar, I guess you have to just look at it in that addictive mentality in order to avoid it. One more question here. Is there any form of sugar that's okay? Like monk fruit, (laughs) um, fruit, like what's okay? Look, the, uh, the, the refined sugar is really the culprit. And you don't want to have any fruit before midday. But you've got to use that formula of the Saccharomyces boulardii that you prepare at home. Otherwise, you're going to suffer through it and struggle with it for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Eat your eat the bed. The berries are fantastic. Be sure that don't have a glass of orange juice in the morning because that's pure sugar. It has no pulp. It has no fiber. So eat the dried fruit is full of sugar and you're going to eat many more dried figs than you would fresh figs. So be sure, be careful with, with the, like watermelon is like eating a popsicle. Mm -hmm. It is. So, So be careful with the sugars you put in your system, your carbs, the daily requirement of carbs is zero. So your carbs, your carbohydrates, which are sugar, should be really the good carbs, the veggies, the vegetables. You can, you know, the fish, the the meat. But but the problem here is that we, a hundred years ago, we used we would eat five pounds of sugar a year per person. Today we're eating over two hundred pounds of sugar per person in the sugary drinks and the canned. Uh, drinks, plus another 185 pounds of processed grains that turn into sugar in your system. And we know that diabetes is rampant, Mm -hmm. but this is the great block for most people, unless they're born gifted like you are, and and that where you can sense and see and feel the invisible world, that's the big block for the rest of us to be able to step into the higher consciousness that we are all seeking and that we need to guide us through these times that we're living in. Hmm. So what's your vision for humanity? Where do you want to see humanity go? Well, humanity has become extinct. The old humanity and there's a new human that's appearing in the planet that are you and I, and all of us that are really working on our, on our spiritual development, on higher consciousness. So this is the transition point that we're living through, that, that omega point of the birth of a new human that becomes an earth keeper, a steward of this planet, this beautiful planet that we've been given and not a, a predator. Yeah. And, and that can create psychosomatic health and that can get our health span to be equal to our lifespan and that can take part in this experiment in longevity that mother nature's inviting us into beautiful beautiful vision i love that alberto your book grow a new body it's beautiful um beautiful cover thank you so much for being here thank you for your time thank you for being you thank you thank you for all the beautiful work you do in the world beautiful soul thank you so much for joining me today 
my name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you. <laughs> 